get into it. So this morning's message is called Be Imitators. Be Imitators. Now, Oscar Wilde, the poet, playwright, he says, and you guys probably know this quote, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? The sincerest form of flattery. Now, it's fun to see uh, some of these expressions come out of your children. You guys know I'm over children's ministry. I get to be back there with your kids a lot. I get to learn a lot about you from your children. Watch out. <laughs> like how mom throws her hips off to the sides and puts her hands on there to get a little, you know? <laughs> Those little girls that get sassy too. <laughs> or the guys, you know, the little boys. Whew, some of you men. Man, you guys treat your tools hard. A lot of fun to get to see because your kids love to Im- imitate you, don't they? They treasure you. They look up to you. They're around you a lot. And so, of course, your kids are going to take on characteristics of you and you get to see. And it's so funny sometimes because we don't even know which kid is with who, and then we get to come out here in the lobby and see, you know, somebody is maybe visiting, and you're like, yeah, that's definitely the parents, because I see the same actions happening. It's a lot of fun. You guys know little girls, they love to do things, and little boys, they, they find cool things and different objects, and they want to imitate it, like, they find powerful things, uh, really cool things that they want to be into. Spider-Man is a big character, right, and they want to dress up like it. For me, it was Superman. I hurt myself many a time jumping off the couch, because I believe so hard that I could fly. And knock the breath out of me. I don't know how many times. You have a lot of fun as a child imitating and having heroes like that. And with like the daughter who gets to watch their mom put their makeup on, if you ladies or, or women that like to put up makeup, where they watch their mom and then as soon as mom's out of the room or out of the bathroom, they're going to go try it for themselves, right? But they want to be like their moms. They want to try what their mom is doing. One of my favorite pictures I had of this kid is was, was precious, like, these two guys, I don't remember where we were, it was probably a 4-H thing, but, you know, this dad's cowboy, his, his little son's all cowboyed out, and he's leaning up against the wall, his arms crossed, and his foot on the wall, right? And this little kid is about three years old, and he's over there, too. He's got a big old hat. You can hardly even see him under. And he's over there, and he's looking at his dad and trying to figure out which way. Okay, he's got his arms like this. All right, we're going to get this lean. He's all falling all over the place trying to get his foot up there. But it was so cool because this kid wanted so bad to be like his dad. His dad was this hero, right? His dad was this powerful, just awesome person next to him. And he, he wanted to be powerful like his dad and to have that. Not saying cowboys are powerful, right? There's other people too. Cool to see little kids do that. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is just even us as children of God and how we also need to look up to him and we need to be imitators. Not just of him, but those around us, those in the scriptures that we learn from, And then even the hard question that we're going to ask at the very end. So the three points we're going to go through this morning is, the first one is, who should we imitate? And now this is, I mean, we would know, yeah, you want to imitate a good person, right? Sometimes we get fooled, though, and sometimes our senses have been dulled from other things that we spent time with, and we kind of get astray on who we should be imitating. The second one is, when I'm going through these scriptures, there's two main qualities that I saw that were what I want to look for in a person that I want to imitate. We'll go through that because that's important to know those two qualities that were shown in the scriptures because the last question, and this is the hard question, is are we worthy to be imitated? Are we worthy to be imitated? You know, in these examples, and we're going to look at them this morning, Paul refers to the child over and over again in these different parts of scripture and how he was a father to them and there is children and that he says, follow me or uses the word imitate me. And he was making that point there because just like we see children copy their parents and imitate them, it's because this is what it looks like. This is what 
uh, good looks like. This is what a follower of Christ, these are these characteristics, these qualities that you want to seek after, not the evil over here. The verse that really like, springboarded me into this, of course, is 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. If you want to put that up there. 1 Corinthians, you guys know this one. I'm sure, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. As I was going through and studying through 1 Corinthians, you know, this comes right at the first part of chapter 11. Verse 10, or chapter 10 is actually where it really talks about what we're to imitate. We'll get into that today. But this is the question that really made me start wondering and, and really looking at my life is like, here's Paul saying, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. The question I had for myself was, could I even say something like that? Could I do that? I'm a follower of Christ, right? I have been for a very long time. Can I say that? Can I tell other people, hey, you guys imitate me like I imitate Christ? I would say no. <laughs> I don't want anybody imitating me, right? That's my first answer to that. And, and you know what? I don't want the accountability either after saying that to somebody. Imitate me because now you've got to keep it up. But that's from an outside view, a worldly view, or that's a selfish view, what I found out is how I was looking at that. And that's what we're going to dive into this morning because each one of us, and I want to clarify this, each one of us that is mature in Jesus Christ should be able to say this. And he wants us to be able to say that. That's a bold statement because we usually attribute this to Paul, which in my mind, I'm like, I could never be like Paul. There's no way I'll come close to saying the things he said, but we'll have lots of examples of the scriptures that I want to show you guys. This is what he wants for us to be able to say too. But it's about where the direction and the focus is on our lives. Okay, And that's what we're going to get into. And again, I want to say this, when you say, or when we get to this with the imitate me, it's for those that are mature in Jesus Christ. Because of course, if you're just still on milk and you're coming to know Jesus Christ, you don't ask somebody to go and imitate a child or a baby, Right? That would not be a good situation. It's always up in years. The baby looks older. The young kid looks to the older, right? That's how it usually goes. And we'll get into that a little bit. We'll talk about the qualities, and so it'll all be clarified. So the first point, who should we imitate? This should be clear, right? However, at times we find ourselves following or even admiring the wrong person. If we're honest, I think every one of us in this room could say that, yeah. I remember admiring the wrong person. I didn't know that they were that way, but after a while, I admired them, and I got to know them a little bit more, and I found myself even taking on some traits that were not okay and going in a way that I shouldn't go. And I checked, and I saw, wait, wait, I'm supposed to be following Jesus, right? I'm supposed to be following leaders that also imitate Jesus, and I want to go after these qualities, not after what the world has. But it's enticing, and sometimes it's even really easy to follow after those things. And so... You know, with, this, with what Paul says here, and he says, imitate me just as uh, I also imitate Christ, we could just wrap that up. That, that could be just the teaching. Okay, well, that's what we're supposed to do. But when I look in the scriptures, I don't want to just stop there and be like, okay, that's what we're supposed to do. I, I could, you know, we could just say, hey, guys, you're supposed to go out there and say this, okay? You should live a good enough life as a Christian. Go say that. End. Have a good day. But I love going through the scriptures because every time when we ask a question like that, I don't, for me, I, I don't like leaving it there. I want to say, why though, God? How can you help me to be that way? What am I supposed to be looking for? I don't want to just have this, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Because with my relationship with you, I want to know. I want to know why, how, when, where, all of that. Because I want to truly be your light like you've called me to be. I want to have the most effect on people 
that I can for you that you get the glory. And so to go on further in it, we want to look at it, but sometimes we can find ourselves getting off the path. I think if you guys ever read Pilgrim's Progress, right? Great book. Awesome little example of what a Christian life looks like. Many times Christian in that book, the main character, is taken off the path by different characters, right? And even some of those places where it goes off the path, it's a shortcut. And I've even seen in my life, it's like, yeah, I'm going for the same direction. I'm going for the kingdom of God. And here's somebody or something that introduces me to maybe a shortcut that I can get over there quicker. And it's actually misleading. It takes me off the path. And that's the places we can go when we imitate the wrong person. And so we need, so that we don't do this, as you saw in the book too, if you guys have ever read it, consistent reminders and examples to follow. That's how we don't get off the path. That's who we imitate the right person is because we have constant reminders and examples just like a father constantly gives to his children, right? God the Father has given us his word, hasn't he? For us to consistently go back to. Now, in 1 John, or sorry, 3 John, 3 John 1.11 says this, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Okay, anybody disagree with that? Is that something nobody knew about before? Right? That's, that's pretty easy. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. That's a very basic statement. We know that. Those of us that have been walking with the Lord, I mean, that's like, yeah. Of course I don't want to imitate what's evil. I want to imitate what's good. Let's go look at the context of this and why John would have to say this to a church. Because us as a church here, we could clearly say, yeah, no kidding. But let's go look at it. Go over to 3 John. Very far to the right in your Bible, right before Jude. So John here is going to give us examples, because remember, we're looking for examples. And this is going to be our first example of what kind of people we look forward to. And in this part of Scripture, he gives us two men to look forward to or to look at as a good example or to follow after what is good, imitate what's good, and he gives us one example of evil. So he says, To the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Right? Parents, agreed? No greater joy than to hear your children walking in the truth. Beloved, and here's where he compliments. Here's where he says, guys, this is what a good example looks like. This is what kind of person you want to imitate. So he refers to Gaius and also the church of Gai- that is with Gaius there. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. You have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth from his namesake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. So this church had become a place where the missionaries would come through this stop. And they would get encouraged. they get the food, they both physically and spiritually. And so John is wanting to encourage Gaius here. You guys are doing a great work. You're doing a good thing. And he has to say this because there's an evil guy that's come in and trying to deter them from doing this good work. And so he needs to encourage again because the sight is kind of getting off here. And that's why that verse becomes so important later. Don't go after what is evil. Don't imitate what's evil. Because this church was having this, okay, well, this guy is saying this over here, but Gaius is saying this. 
hey, this is kind of new and flashy and fun. Maybe we should try this out a little bit. Maybe we'll get more growth. Maybe we'll have more people. Maybe we'll get the right people in here. You know, maybe we'll reach out to the people that have never heard because we're probably doing it the wrong way. And John is here, Gaius, stay steadfast in the way that you're doing it. It's great how you're doing it. Now look at this guy that's a problem maker. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to have preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does. I'm going to call him out. Priding against us with malicious words and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to put to putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil. Now you get it, right? But what is good? He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. So he gives the example of let's follow after what Gaius is doing. Do not go after Diotrephus because that guy is he's messed up. He's wrong. He's a jerk. That's, what it, that's the word we would give him now. Then he gives another example, which Demetrius, he, this guy was probably one that was actually kicked out by Diotrephus. Demetrius, in verse 12, has a good testimony from all, from the truth itself, and we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. And so here we have John saying, hey guys, these are the good examples to follow. Follow after these men. Demetrius and, and Gaius are good Diotrephus, he's not good. Don't follow after what he's saying. Who knows what kind of words he'd been poisoning the church. But they needed to know that. They were reconfirmed. And what's one of the main things, the characteristics we see there, is that these people in verse 5, Gaius leading them, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. They were looking out for other people, weren't they? That's a great sign of somebody that you want to follow, somebody that you want to imitate. Now, the second example is found over in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It was interesting that Diotrephus, you know, you saw him and he was there kind of, be, uh, he was idle, right? He was using the people. And you get to see that a lot when, they sit, when Paul goes in and he says, imitate me. It's because he was a hard worker and we're about to see that. And it's in other parts of Scripture, too. We just don't have enough time to go through all of them. But it's an interesting thing that with a person that becomes idle, they kind of become a troublemaker, right? Become troublemaker. That's why, you know, you, you retired people, you got to find something to do, all right? You don't need a bunch of troublemakers. No, it's one of those things that doesn't matter. If a person starts getting hung up on themselves and wanting to be idle, they will cause problems. That's what it's always leads to and what it shows us in the scriptures. Now, verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Paul is talking to the church here in Thessalonica, and he says, But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Paul's going to lay it out very clear. If you got troublemakers in the church like this, you guys need to withdraw from them. Don't even hang out with them. And, and he's clear to say that it's with brothers, Christians. He doesn't call you to withdraw from the world. There's another part of scripture that he says that. He's like, how could you guys withdraw from the world? Like, you're going to have sin all around you. That's impossible. But those brothers that are acting in a certain way against what God, and they're saying, hey, I know Jesus, you withdraw from them. And we're going to get to why in a second here. Verse 7, he says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow us or imitate us, right? You ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you. 
Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. They had every, I mean, they could have went in there and said, hey, guys, we're apostles. Like, where's the food? Okay, where's my dinner? <laughs> Serve it up. Like, we're, we're here to, we're going to give you a little bit of scripture, maybe even heal some people. Where's our stuff? That's what he's saying. We have the authority to come in here and do that, but we don't do that. Because we're all about, we want to show you the example. This is how Jesus looks. Okay, we want you to imitate this, not what these other guys are doing. And now he's going to get into what the other people were doing. Not because, or in verse 10, for even when we were with you, you we commanded you this. If anyone it will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in disorderly manner. Not working at all, but are busybodies. Busybodies being in everybody else's business, right? Causing problems. Now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat in their own bread. He's not saying, hey, kick them out. He's saying, hey, basically you need to repent and change your ways, okay? By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, you guys need to stop doing what you're doing. And you need to be quiet, be quiet. Don't be a busybody and you need to work. He goes on, but as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, right? Here's the obvious. They do not want to repent. They want to keep going their own way. Note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Not so that you guys, it's where we kick him out and never talk to him again. That he could be ashamed so that it'll bring him back to repentance. Yet do not count him as an enemy, right? But admonish him as a brother. We want to see change happen there. It's not an abuse system. It's we want to see correction in your life and change. And this is why he's laid it out this way. I love what it puts in verse 13, though, for us. Because he tells them, too. Because what can happen is when you're around people that are busybodies or always negative or like this, after a while, you do feel like, well, you know, everybody else is kind of going that way. I mean, you're starting to feel this mood of just, ah, this is just a bummer what's going on, or this is so negative all the time, and, and yeah, I kind of see how that can be negative, and I, I see how, you know, and you start looking at everybody else, yeah, that person did it this way, and you find yourself caught up into this negativity, this busybody, this idleness, and what he's saying here is, guys, be careful about that, you're doing great, don't be weary of doing good, and so whatever situation you guys find yourselves in, maybe you've been doing great for a long time, and it's like, you know what? It looks a lot easier over there. I'm not going to be evil. I'm not doing bad. It's just I've been working so hard to do what's right, and I don't see any product out of it. I've been telling people about Jesus all the time, my family members, my work. I don't see anything coming out of it. I've been serving people and putting everybody else first, but what about me? Every once in a while, isn't it okay? The world says it's okay all the time. Maybe as a Christian, it's okay some of the time. And you start compromising, and he's trying to encourage guys, keep doing good. Don't grow weary of that. Remember who you're doing it for. Remember, remember who you're imitating there. And that's why he goes back to that. And that's our second one of these examples of we want to follow after the ones that are going to keep doing good. And even in verse 6, and he says, you know, that these guys are walking right. Don't walk like this idle person. Don't follow after person that is like that. Now, our third example of people that we want to follow is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And this is another one where he's going to call to action the church in disciplining and not going along with what they thought was okay. And you guys probably know this part of Scripture. This is where he goes 
and tells the church in Corinth they're doing it wrong. They were pouring out grace. They thought they were doing a great job. They're overlooking this major sin in the church. Just either they were letting it go, like, let's not bother that, or we have so much grace that we allow people like this to continue their sin and still be a part of our church. And Paul's going to say, nah, it's not how it works out. You guys need to follow after us and what we showed you, which you guys can go through the first part of uh, up until this in these first four chapters, even 14 through 21 talks about Paul's parental care over them. And he says in verse 16 of chapter four, therefore, I urge you, imitate me, right? Don't imitate these other ones. I even sent you Timothy in verse 17 so that you could remember who what it looks like to imitate. And he warns them. And he warns them of people that come in and they get involved in these other things that become carnal. Carnal Christians, you may have heard it. So verse, or verse 1 of chapter 5 says this, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such sexual immorality as not even named among the Gentiles. It is so wrong what you guys are doing. The non-believers, like the Gentiles that worship other gods and do bad things, aren't even doing what you're doing. That's how bad it is. That a man is with his father's wife, with his stepmom. Like, not right at all, of course, okay? And you're puffed up. He says, you guys are all puffed up about this. Like, you're arrogant about it. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you or among you? Like, you guys aren't even mourning over the sin that's gone. And what's happened? Has your conscience been seared? Like, why is there no sorrow over this that's completely against God? What is going on? He says, this is Paul, he says, For indeed, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged as though I were present with or present him who has done this deed. He's basically saying, guys, I don't have to be present. Physically, I don't need to be present. This is killing my spirit to hear that this is the way it's going there. I've already judged, yeah, this guy's wrong. How can you, you guys being in the situation, how could have you not? said this is wrong. In the name of the Lord, this is what he says in verse 4, in the name of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together among, along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, so he's saying, you guys, this is with the authority, basically, deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Again, he's not your enemy, but you want them to be restored. So if the person's not going to respond to repentance and continue in their sin, they need to be delivered, they need to be out of the church, no longer together, right? And there's other corrections and other ways of talking about this in the Scripture if you guys want to go through, but that's not what we're focusing on. Here's what he says to them. Because of who they've been imitating, guys, it's kind of gotten them off, and it says, your glorying is not good. Your glorying, how you guys are dealing with this situation is not good. You guys are being prideful and that you are all accepting. Do you not know that a little leaven, leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Remember, he was sacrificed like this was not for naught. He was sacrificed for us. Look at how you guys are treating him. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the, leaven, or the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Leaven, if you guys don't know in the scriptures, is always applied to a sin, right? And any of you guys that know how to cook, or maybe you don't even know how to cook, but get the principle that if you want bread to rise, you've got to put yeast in it, the leaven. Well, then it multiplies, right? And it ends up raising your bread. Well, the same thing he's saying here is just a little bit, because you know you just have to put a little bit in there in that dough, 
and it will rise. Just a little bit of sin that's ignored in the church will grow. Why? Because people start imitating that, feeling that also it isn't that important to stay with his ways. And it's a sad thing when you start seeing this. So he's calling out the church in Corinth and saying, guys, don't go down this road. You guys are glorying and it's not good. Get rid of the leaven, become that new lump that I've already made you through my sacrifice. Like, don't use my sacrifice. Don't let that be in there. It needs to be done away with. The third example that we do not want to follow, we want to follow Paul and where he says in verse 16 of chapter 4, follow me. Follow me. And he's talking to them. You might have a lot of instructors that tell you about Jesus, yet you have one father, one person that's brought you to Jesus Christ. That's who you follow. Now, Philippians 3.17, I like this scripture. This is what it says, Philippians 3.17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. All right, so he calls to them in Philippians, is also Paul, telling them, you guys imitate me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to this example that you have in us. He's saying not just me, but other people. Now, it's good to check and to evaluate that we're going after the right person, that we're being honest where our time is being spent. See, where it says pattern, I like how this version says pattern, as you have also for us a pattern. Do you guys know the pattern of your spouse, more or less, right? Like when they like to take the shower, when they like to go to bed, when they like their coffee, what they like their eggs, you know, you get to know their pattern. Why? How do you guys know their pattern? It's not just in spouses. You guys have family members. You have siblings. You know, you have good friends that you get to know because time is being spent, isn't it? Time is being invested in that relationship, so of course you're going to know the pattern. Well, when Paul says something like this, join in following my example, what is that going to have to consist of? Time. And note these who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Now, Paul wasn't there with everybody all at once, right? But he left a trail of epistles that we also have. And so where, I'd ask, is our time being invested? See, this is where it starts getting hard because our approach to imitation will get skewed if we start investing time in things that are not of Christ. And not you guys, I, I hope the Holy Spirit just speaks to you and some of the stuff that maybe you got in. He did when I was going through this. of so things is like, no, I, I've been getting off too much. I've been allowing myself to get too far away and saying it's okay. You know, one of the things is you got to watch for is especially, like, look at what the shows are doing now. Netflix, Amazon, all these, these, these uh, series that they have. I would encourage you guys that as the world gets closer and closer to, like, completely denying God and wanting nothing to do with Him as they're getting there, it's going to get grosser and grosser, uglier and uglier. Don't go down that trail and keep excusing what you're looking at. I'd encourage you, if it says TVMA, don't watch it, guys. You know there's going to be nudity in there. Disgusting. You remember a day when you were a kid and stuff and it used to be gross? And maybe you've allowed yourself to go and say it's no big deal. It's just the human body. It's, it's art. Or, or whatever excuse is given. I've heard a lot of them. I've given them. Guys, as we get called out of this world as his church, there's things that we need to cut off. Things we need to say no more because we are searing our conscience where it's all of a sudden this looks like it's okay. That isn't that bad. I feel for you guys, and I know there's some people in here that work for our correctional system, right? 
that is a hard place to work. And the things you guys have to deal with and the things I've talked with different people is you guys get to see the worst of humanity, the grossest, sickest things that have been done to other humans or are being done to humans in those facilities. And when you come out of them, you have to be so careful that you don't say, I wasn't that bad. At least it wasn't as ugly as that. Here's all the time, you know, you have, of course you have to go to work. There's a lot of time that's invested in that. But you also have to counter that with your time with Jesus Christ. How are you going to imitate Jesus Christ and tell others to imitate you if there's no time being spent with him? You see how that has to counter? Any of the shows that you're investing yourself into, can it be better invested in somebody you're going to spend eternity with? It's useless for us to put our minds to that except to take us away from Christ. It's useless to go invest ourselves into sin. It pulls us away from Jesus. Guys, we've got to be with him forever. Wouldn't you want to know him as much as you possibly can on this earth? Watch him work in your lives and others have that testimony so that you can, as we get to this next point, say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. What a powerful thing. Hey, we got a whole, you know, let's, it's day one of the new year. I'm done with that stuff. I'm cutting off this series. Oh, but I got to know the next part. No, you don't. I mean, in eternity, you're probably going to care less about that. I'm just guessing. You know, you're probably not going to look back. Dang it, I should have watched that last one. I mean, just look at it that way, guys. Put your heads on heavenly things. Think about what is to come, our hope, and where that lies. And dismiss the things of this world and look at what he's calling us to. Now, what qualities do we want to imitate? What qualities do we want to imitate? Let's go over to 1 Corinthians. Now, this last part is going to go pretty quick, all right? 1 Corinthians 10. Just a couple pages over if you guys are still there. And 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 33. Now, there's going to be the two points that I saw in here. And these are the qualities because if we want to look at people, okay, what kind of type of person do I want to follow? Is it the best person, the most athletic, the good-looking, the one that has all the stuff, all the expensive things because they must be doing well? Of course, we're not going to find that. You guys already know that in the scriptures, but how come we are drawn to that? If we're honest, we are. In the scriptures here, this is where it's going to start helping us understand how we can say that statement at the very end. Verse 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Now, this is Paul trying to help the church in Corinth at the very end because they were confused on. You know, what do we eat? Do we eat this meat from the idols? Do we not eat it from the idols? Uh, what if somebody's offended? We're not going to go through all that part. It's a whole other sermon, another teaching. But look at this first part, because this is one of the best qualities you can find in somebody that you want to imitate. And it says, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. See, Paul's point was, I want to seek what's best for others. Their salvation is best. I want to get everything else out of the way. That means me. That's why Jesus says, crucify yourself. Pick up your cross daily. The cross is a crucifix. That's an that's a object of death. It's not some cargo you're carrying like a burden. No, it's saying die every day. Die to yourself. So your focus can be on God and others. And so that first quality is that you want to find in a person that you want to imitate is that their focus is on other people. What is best? They prefer others. That is great character. 
That's what he calls us to, right? Even in the, first, the two greatest commandments, what are they? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that in Matthew 22. That's the best commandments there are. And we're seeing that here. So we see the second one. Prefer others. That's the quality I want to imitate. Then the second one is, if you jump down, like I said, we're not going to go through all of the whether it's good to eat or not from the idol. Verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That is the second quality I want to look for in a person I want to imitate. First of all, that they prefer others. And the next thing is that everything that they do, they do it all to the glory of God. That is good character to follow, isn't it? That's a good quality to follow after. Give no offense either to the Jew or the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. And you guys can get more reference on that in chapter 9, verses 19 through 23, where he talks about how he's a Jew to the Jew, a Greek to the Greek, a weak to the weak, and a strong to the strong. He was so much into, I want to get everything out of the way so that they just see Jesus, because I want them to be saved. So he says in verse 23 of chapter 9, Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker of it with you. It's all for the gospel. I want to see those people come to Jesus. That's a great character to be inspired by and to imitate, right? Now the last one. Let's get on to the hard question. This hard question, am I worthy to be imitated? Or am I a person that could say to others, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Right away, I want to say, like I said before, absolutely not, right? Don't look at me. <laughs> look at Jesus. Go and read your Bible. That's a lot easier to say, isn't it? Which, of course, you know, we want people to look at Jesus because he's perfection, isn't he? We don't want them to follow imperfection or they're going to even further away from perfection. So it makes sense, like, hey, take me out of the equation. Put Jesus, just give him Jesus in the Bible, that's not the way he did it in Scripture, is it? And that's not what he's called us to. If this is how we should respond, then why didn't Paul say this? If that's what we're supposed to be, imitate Jesus as I try to imitate him. Right? That's more what I would have said. Go to him first. Go to the source. Those are the words that I want to say. But I believe after reading these Scriptures that the Father does not want us to say this. It needs to be said like it was said before. Over and over, we're given examples to follow in this way in his word. Now, one great example is, you guys know Hebrews chapter 11? It's known as, we call it the Hall of Faith, some of us. It's all these Old Testament characters that were showing what faith in God looked like and what that turned them to, right? Turned them to the expectation of salvation, that redemption was going to come through God in some way. Their faith was looking forward. There are some very colorful characters in that chapter, aren't there? I mean, let's just, everybody knows Samson, right? That guy was a mess. So you can't look at this, say, and imitate me as I imitate Christ and be like, that's Paul. Good for Paul. I'll never be a Paul. Well, we look on the other side. Now I'm probably not going to be a Samson. I'm not looking for prostitutes, you know, and I'm not out there doing that. You know, I'm not on that far other side either. But yet he was considered a man of faith. What? God put all these examples in his word to show us that it's not up to them. We're not to follow the character of men. That's not what he's calling us to imitate. I'm not trying to imitate somebody because I think they're a neat person. 
or that they're, like I said before, they're shiny, they got things going on. I was talking with uh, Scott in the first service, he watched a documentary on Hillsong. It's a tragedy what Hillsong went. There were people that were looked up to and celebrated by very many people, especially a lot of younger people. And you guys can go watch it on your own and, and see uh, what happened there. It's sad, though. They completely turned away from the Lord and entered into sin, and a lot of people fell because of it. That's just one example. You guys know of many pastors the same has happened. Because people are wanting to imitate the character of that man, not Jesus in that man. And that's where the difference is, and that's why we can come to a place and say it. The examples that we even saw in 3 John, right? Here's these characters that maybe you guys haven't ever heard of, of Gaius and Demetrius. They're given as examples for us. These were normal guys too, but yet they're written in the scriptures as examples of what it is to follow after good, encouraging that church. Paul himself, Paul was a pretty messed up character, wasn't he? He wanted to take down the church. The church of God, he wanted to completely destroy and ruin it. And now here he is in a place of saying, imitate me. The point being, guys, these are normal people. These are not some characters that God's given a superpower, and that's why they get to say that. It's the same Holy Spirit that works in us that worked in them. And that's what gets imitated. I believe that we are to be the examples to imitate as we imitate Christ, right? As those characteristics come out in us that I want to serve others and prefer others more than myself. As I want everything that I do and say to glorify God, that's what I want people to imitate. And so when I say imitate me, I'm saying, hey, these are the qualities that I have been shown by others that God has given victory in my own life. That's what you follow. You don't follow my character. Please don't. You follow that work that he's done, and he wants to do the same in you so that you can say the very same thing. Let's look at some scriptures that also, I hope these guys, if they don't convince you, I hope these scriptures will convince you. So let's look at Matthew 5.16. Here's what it says. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Doesn't that show it? Let your light shine before men. That's calling us out. That's saying, go be a light. Go be an example. Go be one that would be imitated, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. See? good works there. It's not saying, hey guys, go to church every Sunday, you know, that's a good thing to imitate. No, the good works is like because you love so many other people that you prefer them. And then it gives glory to God, doesn't it? And glorify your Father in heaven. Those two qualities are being shown even in this verse. Let's look at the next one, 1 Timothy 4, 12. It says, let no one despise your youth. Here you go, young people, you're not out of this either. Be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. Now, this was a writing to Timothy, wasn't it? And this is where I want to come back to the maturity part. Of course, if you're a carnal Christian, if you're playing in things you shouldn't be playing in, if you're allowing sin into your life that you should not be allowing, yeah, of course you don't say imitate me as I imitate Christ because you're not imitating Christ, are you? So it's not, it doesn't work. But don't just say, oh, well, I guess that's it for me. No, here he is saying to a young man, Timothy, and he's saying, you get to be an example to the believers, not just in one way, but in word and in conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. You don't think Timothy ever had problems? He wasn't perfect, but yet he responded to God's calling in his life. He responded to the teachings and imitating Paul that now Paul can tell him, you be an example now. It doesn't matter how long you guys have been a Christian, right? It's what you've been doing with that time. 
Has it been spent and, yes, I accepted the Lord, now I'm going to go and do these other things because I've been set free? Or is it, yes, I've been saved, Jesus, what can I do for you? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? I am yours. Everything about me is, you, is for you, to bring glory to you. There's two different ways. Which one do you guys want to imitate? Right? And put yourself in that place. Now, uh, another scripture, we're going to go ahead and skip the other one I had, but Ephesians 5, 1 through 8, you guys can look that up. I want to look at Colossians 3, 16. Got two more here. Uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What a great example of fellowship, right? That spending time together. Again, investing in that time. If you guys are out there in the world and investing your time in other things, it's so important to come together so we can do this together. Teaching and admonishing, singing psalms and hymns together. And the last one, Titus 2.7. Again, this is to a teacher, but it says, In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern, again, pattern, right, of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility. There is a responsibility for us to follow, isn't it? And it can be hard. Guys, remember this time is so short. Remember what we have to look forward to. Remember who gives us the power. Remember the one who's our guide that he's given us. You just have to make the choice whether you want to follow it. You want to believe that, hey, you are a new creation in Jesus. That everything is, your old man or old woman has been put to death. You don't have to live that way anymore. You're no longer slaves. Give up that sin, whatever it is. Walk away from it so he can use you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up as we close this out. I want to make sure you guys understand, too, that God does not call us to be perfect to be an example to be followed. Because you know what? We would never be an example to follow. We're not going to reach perfection here, are we? Sometimes when we look at that, imitate me as I imitate Christ is, well, I can't do that. That's not going to really happen because I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. Um, I have to get better at doing this. I need to do this more. Um, my devotion needs to be better. Do you hear a lot of I in there? I need to think of myself less so that I'm more humble. Right? Well, that is misleading because he's not asking us. He's saying, let me. Remember, we even had communion this morning. He said, I will. That's Jesus' work in us. He's the one that's doing it. It's not this thing we need to set ourselves up so that we can say, imitate me. It's because we follow after what he said there, and it's, I want to prefer others. I want him to have all the glory. He just wants us to do everything in his name to his glory and without pride. That's the example that needs to be imitated, right? Everything in his name to his glory and without pride. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We just thank you for your scriptures. Lord, I pray you give us the, the power, the, the momentum, the desire, the discipline to be able to fully commit to what you've called us to. That we wouldn't walk astray, be distracted by these other things in this world or our own flesh or idleness, greed, any of these other examples you gave us this morning through these other people that were not good examples to follow. Lord, we follow after what Paul did, after what, what the people in Hebrews and even leaders that we have now, that we see these great qualities and that they put others first and they want you to receive all the glory. 
Lord, that we would have the boldness to be able to say, follow me or imitate me as I imitate Christ. And Lord, yeah, that is a huge thing to say because there is a certain life that has to be lived that, of course, if we go out and sin, then it's, it's no longer relevant. And so um, it is scary to say that, but Lord, we know in you, and, and this, the time is so short, Lord, that we would be your light as you called us to. We go and shine. People get to know who you are and your love for them. And uh, Lord, that we get to see a revival. We'd love to see so many people come to you as this world hurts so bad right now and is looking to self and no other way that we've seen it before. That humanism, self, is the God right now. And Lord, we pray that people be rescued from that and freed from that. And that you'd send us out to be able to do that. We'd be bold in that, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you so much for your scriptures, Lord. Continue to teach us each day as we dive into it. Remind us every day, no matter how stubborn we are, that we would come back to you and spend time with you. That you would call us out when we sit down to watch something we shouldn't. That you would, you'd be patient with us, Lord. You'd be persistent with us to help us walk away from that. Lord, we thank you so much that that's who you are. You're not there to condemn us, Lord. That you're a loving Father that wants to bring us out of that. We praise your name, Lord. We praise in your name. Amen.